welcome to another episode of Private Lives in Public Spaces. If you're someone who has some sort of talent or an important message to share with the world, whether you're an entrepreneur or a coach or a creative, if you're looking to inspire or help make a difference, but you're not sure how to put yourself out there in meaningful ways, then you, my friend, are in the right place. Because each week on this show, we'll hear powerful personal stories and discuss how you too can harness the power of vulnerability and authentic storytelling to develop your personal brand, to build an online following, and to create impact. In this episode, I sit down with my good friend, Kia Orion, who's a beat producer, an artist, a creative, and above all right now, I would describe him as an educator. Kia is someone who is constantly absorbing so much information about marketing and building a business and living a life of freedom, making a living out of your passions and doing what you're truly good at, fulfilling your purpose. So he knows tons about how to get your personal brand off the ground. This is something he and I brainstorm about all the time and I wanted to bring him on the show so we could discuss this stuff. And this episode will be especially helpful for anyone doing personal branding as a musician. On this episode, we talk about what it's like to chase fame and whether there are different levels of fame that you can pursue. Because with fame comes responsibility and asking for engagement means that you have to respond to the engagement and you often have a duty to your audience. There are a few different things that come up when it comes to those conversations and I think this episode really touches on some important stuff. We also talk about the balance between creating, doing what you're truly passionate about, making things, and then all the admin work that goes in to get that stuff out to the world. How do you find the right balance between making, creating, and doing what you love and actually getting it out there? I think you'll find tons of value in this. Please let us know in the comments what you think of the show. If you have any questions, we'll follow up. Thanks for tuning in. Hello again, Pleeps, and welcome to another episode of Private Lives in Public Spaces. I recently abbreviated this show to P-L-I-P-S, so Plips, hence why I've come up with this name. You are my Pleeps. Welcome to the show. So together through this podcast, we're going to talk about the power of vulnerability and authentic storytelling for personal brands. And today I have an awesome guest who I was going to say is in the early throes of personal branding and building your brand. But I mean, what are the early stages really? Sometimes these early stages take take a little while, um, but we'll discuss what it's like to, to first put yourself out there and to navigate the initial process of, you know, putting your story out there, your name and trying to build a brand and an audience. Without further ado, this is my friend Kia O'Ryan. This is super special. Hi, Kia. Hey, Jess. Thanks for having me. Of course. So Kia and I met in Chiang Mai. We became best buds pretty quickly, and we recently just did a 1,000-kilometer motorcycle ride 
across Vietnam. So we obviously like each other enough to handle seven days on the road. You are such a good close friend of mine. We spend so much time talking about this stuff. I'm really grateful to have you on the show. Thank you so much, Kia. Just, I am so stoked that we're finally able to do this. Yeah, absolutely. So can you tell the audience a little bit about yourself and, you know, what it is that you're doing uh, with your personal brand and your background and all that? Sure. So, and first of all, to your audience, I want them to know that uh, my, I've recently leveled up a lot and it's thanks to you. So this, the story has a uh, bit of a slow beginning, but um, we're getting better. So uh, long story short, whenever I try to tell this story, I'm like, what are just the important points to hit? And without just like blabbing on for ages about my life because it's my life. So I think it's interesting, but um, I guess some highlights are uh, born in New Zealand, raised in upstate New York, and then uh, moved to New York City after college and thought that I wanted to be uh, a music superstar and work in the music industry and then realized pretty quickly that that was uh, not the move. I uh, was an intern at um, Island Def Jam and I remember seeing the president of the label because just constantly like blowing a gasket. He just would lose his mind throwing bagels, had a terrible relationship with his family, <laughs> like typical New York. Uh, am I allowed to swear? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> typical Be New yourself, York shit. please. This <laughs> <laughs> so take a lot of editing. So, so, uh, just, you know, I was like, I was like, that's what I'm working towards. And so just peeking behind the curtain of the music industry, that was my first kind of step, I think, into, what I know you're a firm believer in as well of the make yourself thought. That's the first time that kind of hit me was that you didn't need seeing all these artists. I worked in A&R, so you kind of got to see the artists that were up and coming and who was going to get signed, who wasn't. And just seeing all these super successful artists that you've never even heard of, but had a super loyal fan base and were able to make a living doing what they loved. So that was the first time, interestingly enough, the light bulb kind of went off Mm -hmm. uh, that I didn't need the big machine to do what I wanted to do. So, uh, then fast forward a little bit, I started working for nonprofits and that was cool. Moved to West Philly and I uh, lived with my big brother for a bit and then got a strange health diagnosis uh, one day. I was already, I was, a, full disclosure, I'm terrible at every day job I've ever had because I'm constantly thinking about this type of stuff and music. So before I lost my job, I quit, but I got this strange health diagnosis that was just a good kick in the ass to be like, Kia, what are you doing with your life? You love music. I was doing music on the side, but didn't really catch traction. I'd released a, a full-length album when I was 21. I'd released an EP before that. So um, the the kind of putting yourself out there, you know, was kind of it wasn't necessarily new to me, but it was a new switch when uh, my mentor at the time got me "Jab Jab Jab Right Hook" by Gary V. And so that's when I decided to take the social media and everything a little bit more seriously. And um, fast forward a little bit more, was working a bunch of dead end jobs in Philly, working on music, trying to do the Instagram thing, trying just throwing stuff at the wall, seeing what stuck. Nothing really did. And remember walking out of a job interview one day, knowing that I didn't get it, but it's for a content writing position. And I was like, it would be really cool. I was like, this job sounds so cool. You get to make content. 
But I was like, I don't want to do it for Temple University writing about their football team and their food trucks. I was like, right. I know it sounds so, so like me, um, to follow football with a, with a Hawkeye, but I was just like, I was like, okay, I want to make content. I want to, yeah, that inspiration was there. So the pieces were coming together for you. Exactly. One, but it, you know, as life happens, it takes one piece at a time. So then realized if I could pay less in rent and monthly bills every month, I could spend more time making content, doing what I loved. And that's what inspired uh, the move. I thought that I was the first person to think of being a digital nomad and then realized that I was <laughs> 10 years behind. Uh, read the four hour work week, kind of gave me uh, the inspiration I needed and jumped out to Chiang Mai to meet you. Yeah. And, and what an adventure it's been since then. So for our audience, you know, if you don't understand or know what a digital nomad is, there's so many people in the world now that are given up on the rat race, you know, working for somebody else, like you described Kia, you know, seeing somebody who invests their whole entire life and sacrifices their family and sacrifices mm-hmm. their patients and lives through stress. That vision to us isn't really appealing. And we live in a world where there's so many more possibilities and so people like Kia and myself sort of decided, wait a minute, there's got to be another way. We're creatives, we're passionate, we're driven. We really want to figure out how to make a living out of our passions and what we're good at. And so there's this whole tribe, I'm going to call us, of people who have just taken what I call the leap of faith. I use that term a lot, but the leap of faith is just like, deciding to go somewhere else and to get your overhead super low so you don't have to worry about rent and you don't have to worry about, you know, your primary time and energy going into paying for a roof over your head or for the food that you're going to eat. So a lot of us make that move to Chiang Mai, which happens to be the digital nomad capital of the (laughs) world right now. I don't don't know if that's a a true fact, but there are a lot of people over there that have have taken on this lifestyle and, and many of them are really just trying to make a living out of what they're really good at. And I got to meet Kia in this environment and that's why he and I have hit it off the way we have, because we're both just trying to figure out how to make this happen, how to make a living out of our passions and, and do what we feel our purpose is. Yeah. And so building personal brands is really the way that the only way I know how to do this. There are a number of different ways, but for an artist like yourself, this is perfect building a personal brand. So I want to dive right in and actually look at the musician side of this. So mm-hmm. as a musician, they put private lives in public spaces all the time, right? Like you hear people creating music and talking about, you know, their relationships and their families. And I always found this super interesting that you can write music about this stuff. It can be so personal and people can sing it and talk out loud about it. But, you know, if somebody were to look straight into a camera and say those exact words to just a, an audience on the other side, it's a whole different ballgame. Like it's just received so differently. Right. So I assume you've thought about this, right? As a musician, putting your private life in a public space through music. So I, that's kind of the cheat code to it uh, because you can um, blame it on the art in a way you kind of have an outlet to do that sort of a thing where, uh, it, you're right. It, it, and that, that's kind of the, the tricky part is when you're writing songs 
especially it depends what type of artist you are but you know since all i know is my life my song is very personal if you have other people in your life uh you know namely if it's a you're talking about relationships or heartbreak or whatever it's going to involve somebody else and so and that's something too that we can talk about uh later on about uh the personal brand side of it as well that i think is interesting is when other people are a part of your story and how then do you have a license to tell that? And I think with music, because it is um, an outlet, an artistic outlet, you are given a little bit more license to do that, where there are some artists that are incredibly vulnerable on their records, but then you see them in an interview and they're kind of standoffish or, you know, introverted or and so I'm like, I'm like, this, it's just interesting how when you're making music, though, it, it kind of uh, it gives you a guise to sort of do that thing where just, you know, telling it straight to a camera. You're right. Is it it's a bit of a different animal. And yeah. so, um, yeah, it's a, it's there, I feel blessed. But is yeah. there a question of authenticity there? Are you saying that you, you know, through the music, you can really emanate something that's that's inside of you. But then when you're, you know shooting the shit day to day do you think that there's an authenticity gap there or it's interesting I, I you know I've, I've never thought about it as an authenticity thing as much as there are some artists because i'm fascinated with this stuff so i'm constantly watching you know i tell you all the time i'm constantly listening to podcasts watching interviews uh, of people that um that's the way that they i think one of the only ways that they know how to communicate is sometimes through the music hmm. um so I think you're right. I'm not sure if it's an authentic. I like that. Okay. But, well, yeah. I, I mean, I think they're being their authentic selves in the music, but also their authentic selves in that they're introverted. <laughs> right, right, right. And shy. You know what I mean? A thousand percent. I think there's a lot to be said there is how your authentic self comes across in different environments. And maybe that's a topic for another time to chew on. Right. That's super interesting though. Okay. So you, you set out to, get this career rolling did you think about you know what sacrifices you might have to make or or what it would be like to to put your private life in a public space so uh sacrifices in uh, regards to pursuing the the personal brand online or in the the music kind of career in general well, I think once you start putting your personal life online, there are certain things that you sort of welcome into your life. Was that something that you thought about before, you know, going down this path? Yeah, I think uh, what's interesting about uh, doing anything with social media is kind of having, and this is something we've talked about before, is learning to deal with when you have your Learning that the art, even if it is an extension of you, to it is so subjective to not be offended or take it personally when people don't like it. Mm -hmm. And so that's been a, a really big learning experience uh, for me has been people's reactions to what I make and putting less um, less of an emphasis on on that and whether or not that that affects me because it can be really difficult sometimes when you spend so much time working on something and it is personal. And we talked about this even in regards to cinema where you spend so much time on something and someone can just kind of, they're listening to it, you know, while in the shower off of a broken phone speaker and they're like, I didn't really like it. And you're like, mm -hmm. ah, that was, you know, that's everything. So I think learning that has been an interesting thing to navigate 
is both when people do like it and not letting not letting that get to your head of thinking you're the bomb when mm-hmm. uh you know so and that's the that's the crazy thing about it is it, that's why also on kind of this whole on this Gary V wave I've just started to just release so much more rather than trying to uh be precious about like this one track because you spend so much time with your art that you never know what's going to work. And so just releasing, if I'm making something, I'm inspired by it. I'm excited by it. I just put it out because you never know what's going to stick. Sometimes the weirdo shit people love. Sometimes mm-hmm. it think is going to be a smash. Uh, nobody listens to. And so, um, that I think has been an interesting adjust and still a learning process, right? It's still hard to kind of, of deal with when people don't like it, but get, getting better. And, and that's been a big part of it. And so when you're creating, do you have any sort of boundaries that you set? So I think I'd love to clear up, like, what would be considered private to you in your mm. music? You know, some people talk about family. For me, yeah. I have a lot of trouble talking about family because I feel like, and you mentioned this earlier, you know, is that my story to tell? I can only tell it from my angle. So on right. and so forth, I think you have to be super careful about that sort of stuff. That to me would be a private life in a public space, but everyone's version is going to be different of what they consider private. So is there anything you've put out in the world through your music that you felt was private and you really had to think about, you know, do I want to put this out in the world and what (laughs) might happen? I think a lot of people don't consider that, to be honest. That's why I asked the question, because I, you know, we're so hell bent on making stuff and getting out there and, you know, putting ourselves out there that I think we tend to create stuff and just throw it out in the world and see what sticks. And then sometimes the stuff that sticks, you're like, man, should I really have said that? You yeah. know? <laughs> should I have yes. said that to the whole entire world? <laughs> now I have to deal with it. You know, what are the, what are the circumstances I have to deal with? What, what does that look like for you? What would be so? I think this is fascinating. And obviously, you know me and being, if you, if the listeners don't know, Jess is from Toronto. And so I'm obsessed with Toronto music in, in one musician in particular, Drizzy Drake, my future husband. <laughs> um, and so I think this is so interesting because I am obviously not on the level of Drake. Um, I'm a few records away. I'd say I'd say a, a couple records from Drake status, but um, yeah, right. Uh, ballpark a few records, but so Drake. I think this is a fascinating thing because Drake will call out people, women's names specifically on records, mm-hmm. where or places where you know it's so and so from Hooters on Peach Street, or do you remember you know Beverly's uh, Macy Center where I discovered Bria, and so it's like when you're at Drake's level, I think it takes so and and he does it in you know multiple records it takes guts to do that because the 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 backlash can be so intense i also think it's so interesting because some people really fault him for that because of his Mm -hmm. fame and then it brings fame or attention to this other person who it might not be warranted and you know she might say hey like Drake, I didn't want all your flood of followers to come look at my page. Like, get out of here. So I think for someone at that level, it's a really fascinating thing where these women that have really inspired him or broke his heart or whatever, like that is, is it, are you, how much of your story are you able to tell? Because it is still your story, but if it involves somebody else. And so for when you're at a, 
at a low level like myself, it's not, I think, as big of a deal because um, most of the people that are that I'm going to be talking about, I can still I still have pretty much a relationship with them. So if I'm going to for the most part, I think artists at my level will clear it with the person first. So oftentimes, if you're going to mention somebody, you might say, hey, I was inspired by this record, et cetera, et cetera. That being said, when music, because I don't call anybody out by name, I haven't yet in my music, but what I do find with this that I struggle with is if I'm making content. And this actually happened the other night um, because I went I went out to dinner, in quotes, uh, with with a girl, a Vietnamese girl. And I was excited because speaking of private lives, Jess knows I've been trying to just like date more, just put myself out there. And so I would consider, I wanted to talk about it because I I do these weekly vlogs where I was like really excited to talk about this date, but we're (laughs) Facebook friends, like me and the girl. And so, Uh so this is what happens often when I'm making content is thinking about, I'm, I'm really lucky and that, and you know, I, I think you're similar. We're, we're, I'm an open book. So we're willing to let it all hang out. But there are still some times when in regards to music or in content, I will often think about who is involved in the story and will, I'll change something if I know that they're going to see it. So mm-hmm. to answer your question in a really long winded way, I absolutely think about it and still trying to find uh, the balance between what is within my license to tell because it's my story, but without dragging in somebody else or hurting somebody else's feelings, I think context is everything. I so appreciate that about you. And and these are the things that I, I love exploring in this is, you know, who who do we have the right to talk about and whose perspective yeah. are we talking from? And I think it's important that you consider that before putting something out to the world. And also, you know, you mentioned you're like this small person at this stage now and no one's listening to your stuff, but let's be honest, when it hits off later, these are the these are the relics. These are the old tapes. You know what I mean? Like these are gonna get out to the world. Yes. Everything you're recording, let's be honest, is out in the world. That's another thing, you know, is like yeah. you can't take this stuff back. Once yeah. it's out there, it is out there. So I, I'm glad you're thinking about this stuff. I do think a lot of people go into this without thinking about it at all and without taking into consideration other people's situations. And when yes. you mentioned somebody like Drake, who's, you know, name dropping and, I wonder if that's done, obviously, to have an effect. I mean, clearly, mm. people love the goss, right? Oh, my God. <laughs> right, right, oh, my right. God. I cannot believe Drake just dropped that. You know? Like, that is a thing. And I I've think seen, that does call it. I've seen the women fire back at him, like, on Instagram and Twitter and be like, like, I've seen them, like, be like, no, Drake, it wasn't Beverly Macy Center. It was, like, this other mall. She's like, calm down. Like, I've seen the women, like, who are, you know, they, they take shots at him. So I, I think you're, I think you're absolutely right, uh, you know, in that, that it, maybe it's done intentionally to, you know, maybe throw a slight jab or stir something up. Sure, but I I don't discount that it's part of his story as well, right? Like, he's got a crazy, crazy life, and if he's going to be recording and creating stuff, he's got lots of material to talk about. So, you know, like, what what are the boundaries there? For him, I feel like, who cares? You know, he can put anything he wants out there and that's that's a lot different from what you and I are sort of dealing with 
right? <laughs> uh, debatable. <laughs> debatable. I'm working up to my thousand followers. Okay. Yeah. So, so give me some that, credit. that brings me to another question though, right? Is like, we're building this following. So the reason we're building a following is because that will help us to sustain, you know, making a living out of our passions and building a business. It's the same for coaches and entrepreneurs, you know, the way to make this work and to make money is to build that following, right? But right. when you're building this following, I don't know, and I'd love to explore is like, do we really think about the repercussions there? So having uh, 20,000, a million followers, they're not just numbers. You know, these are human beings. They're people who look up to you. They're people who listen to your every word, you know, and, and not all of them, but I think we should take into account the fact that building a brand means that you're welcoming this audience into your life and they become a part of your day to day and they, they become people that you're interacting with. There's engagement. They're, they're people that you need to, to nurture and, and yeah. spend time with. And, you know, you're building something there and you're creating something and there's a lot involved in that. And so having all this attention and having all these people, you know, turning to you in your case, it would be like, oh, my God, Keo Ryan, I love his work. You know, he inspired me to get out there and to do, you know, to, to leave the rat race and to make music, that sort of thing. How how much do you think about those people when you're building a brand like this? So that's a really interesting question uh, because. I think this is another thing that we've talked about before, but that idea of kind of, of you have to build the, build the plane while you're flying it. And so you kind of just try stuff. And interestingly enough, the music has never quite taken off as I always had, uh, hoped. Um, not letting it get to me too much, but you know, only a matter of time, uh, just a matter of time. But you know, what has more is you never know what resonates with people is, the the traveling, the digital nomad life, escaping the rat race, et cetera, that that has really struck a chord. And I think with mm -hmm. your audience as well, that I wasn't expecting because me, I'm so laser focused on creating the music, but that was just kind of another side piece since it is part of my life, incorporating that. And also I'm really into health and fitness. And it's fascinating to me how all of these sort of side projects that I'm passionate about Almost get more attention than my music does, <laughs> but that you know, just keeping it a buck. That, but it's true that that's what people seem to gravitate toward is they'll gravitate toward either. The, I was doing some gymnastics training for a bit. People got really into it and uh, following the content, or whether the digital nomad thing. People ask me, "Oh, Kia, how do I travel? Or what are your recommendations on this place? Or mm -hmm. teaching English online, whatever." That that you do kind of inspire people in a way that you never even expected. It's kind of a, um, I don't know, it's an unforeseen element to the whole thing that I never set out to do and wasn't, you know, it was never my intention. Well, but now, go ahead. It's almost like people will tell you what it is that they yes, want to hear, right? Exa and I think exactly. Once you start putting yourself out there, then people are like, actually, this is what I want to know about. And you can either go with the flow with that sort of stuff I think the important point here is that personal brand. So you are a unique 
person and you have many attributes and skills and things to offer and you are this combination you know you are digital nomad you are health you are music you are passion you are freedom you know you're all those things and once you decide to start building a brand and i think this is important if anyone's considering building a personal brand is just being yourself being all those things and you know making your weekly videos and connecting with your audience and then listening you know, what is yeah. it that people actually want to hear? And if they're not responding to your music, that doesn't mean that you can't build this personal brand as a platform for the music. It just means that your personal brand will sort of shape shift and, and build audiences in different ways. Right. Those numbers are still rising though. You know, those people are still paying attention. So it is a platform for the music and that's why personal branding is so valuable. So to go back to what, you're saying is like you're putting all this stuff out there and you're starting to hear that there you your personal brand is resonating with people differently than what you first anticipated yeah and and i think uh, th- that's a that's a great point i love that and uh can build off of it i think when people will ask me about social media and and how to engage with it i always say kind of like you said is you don't have to, as much as Instagram and the algorithm wants us to just post this one thing or YouTube wants you to just be one thing. As a person, you have all these different elements to it, to you as a real person. There are things you're passionate about, whatever you're interested in. And so that's what I tell people. I say, you're overthinking it. Just do what, what, what do you like fascinated with right now? What do you find interesting? And then build content out around that. I think artists in particular musicians there's this element because it was it worked in the past of like mystique and unless you're like mm-hmm. frank ocean or the weekend who people like like who are you really most of the time people right now feel more connected to you if you're an actual person they want to know if you're you know if you're pregnant if you are now a <laughs> vegan like what happened yeah. to your pet dog so to me that's been an int- i actually really butt heads one of my best buddies is a much more successful artist than i am so maybe i should be taking his advice but to him he's still in that realm of the your social media presence is you as an artist which is different than you as a person and so for me mine because I don't do mystique well. I don't do mist. I'm, I'm, the elevator doesn't go all the way to the top for the boy. So for me, I kind of just gotta, <laughs> you know, I'm a pretty straight shooter. So just, I, the only thing, the only way I know how is just to tell how it is. And so that just makes sense to me to be Kia, which is all these different things of when I'm, even when I'm having a hard time of figuring out being honest on social about that, or if there's a new obsession I have, whether it was gymnastics or some other weird health thing, being honest about that. And so I think you're right. I think from, from the, the research and what I've heard from Gary and all those gurus as well is that it takes a lot more time to build a personal brand, quote unquote, because people have to be invested in you. You aren't necessarily giving them just the one thing that they came to your page for. But then once people are invested in you, and I know this is myself just as a consumer, well, you're pretty much ride or die. Like you can do, you could shift and start a lollipop company and I'm going to be interested just because... I'm interested in you. You know, you know what I mean? Like you could, you can make not just about biscuits. the lollipops. It's not just about the lollipops. Don't, don't get it twisted. It ain't just about the lollipops. But once you have that thing, it's different than if I'm, you know, a vegan protein powder and that's what my business is around. Cause then if I want to switch to lollipops, that's a lot harder to switch compared to, you know, Gary's the wine guy, social media guy, who knows what he's next. But yep. since you're a Gary V fan, 
you're in it. I hear you. So with with this brand building and audience building, I know it's it's slow to start. It's the same for me. I'm I'm trying to put myself out there. It's one way to put it. <laughs> I, I honestly think to anyone that's listening, you know, you can be insanely passionate and driven and have all the tools and listen to all the gurus. These things take time. There is such a huge element of patience involved in this, but slowly but surely the audiences do grow and then quite often what happens is you get that just all of a sudden something clicks or something goes viral exactly the tipping point and then all of a sudden you have all these people staring and waiting for you and i'm going to segue into this perfect example so kia and i we're just on this motorcycle trip. We ended up in this tiny little village called mm. Foshou, P-H-O-C-H-A-U, Foshou. And when we arrived there, every single person in this village, so it's a tiny little place, not, they're not used to Western visitors. So we're like on this, this Ho Chi Minh Road path that's, it's just, there's not too many people that go through there apparently. So yeah. as Western people, Every single person saw us, looked us in the eyes and wanted our attention. They wanted to say hello. They wanted to practice their English. They want, they were just so enamored and, and just so filled with awe and curiosity. And what an incredible experience that is to have all these people looking at you and wanting your attention and, and kindly, you know what I mean? Like, thankfully, yeah. their, their very positive energy is pointed at you. And so that really impacted me in such a huge way because here I am. I have a very small audience. My audience is my friends and family. So obviously, you know, I'm only getting a certain taste of an audience. But it really made me think, you know, I'm somebody who's been wanting fame and I don't like to admit that I've never, I'm very shy about that. I don't Mm -hmm. want to tell people, Hey, I want to be famous, but I have for a long time wanted to build an audience. I feel like I'm somebody who can give back. There are many reasons why I want to build an audience, but it wasn't until this moment in faux show (laughs) that I really had to consider, you know, is this something that I want to have yeah. people recognize me everywhere I go and to have people feel very comfortable coming up to me and talking to me about very personal things. I, I talk about mental picture. health. I talk about sexual abuse. I talk about so many really difficult topics. What if these people felt comfortable coming up to me and saying, Jess, you know, when you talk about sexual abuse is something that I've been through and I, you know, like what, what am I creating there? I think that's something I'd love to discuss with you. You and I have talked about this, but like, where are you at with that? Have you considered what it's going to be like once you make it and you build that audience and these people are standing there staring at you? What, what's that feel like? Yeah. You know, I felt like Tom Cruise out that motherfucker. <laughs> I was like, yo, let's go. Uh, this is something that you and I have both talked about after because I think it affected us, you know, same thing. Seriously, same. huge uh, impact. Huge impact when you realize, and it is something that, that I had been thinking of before too as this is also, uh, you know, something that I, I 
talked about of sort of changing your mind as you go and that that's okay and constantly having time to reevaluate what you really want. And so I think first, every rapper who jumps into hip hop, nobody gets in this shit to be average. Like you all want to be a superstar. No one's like, I kind of want to be a mediocre B-level rapper. You're like, I want to be that dude, you know? And so there's obviously some sort of hole you're trying to fill with that external validation. But as I've gotten a little bit older, um, and especially in something like Faux Show, help, just helps you realize, I think it'd be great if people could taste fame for a day. And this isn't, this wasn't that, but it was at least an, a good indicator when you wake up in the morning and when you can't step outside at any time exactly. and pe- and not attract attention because there are, t- it's like we, I think we, a lot of us want that fame and attention, but just when we want it, when we're in a good mood, oh, I've got a cool outfit on, come look at me. But it's like, you step out, it's like 7am, you didn't sleep well, you don't, my, you're disheveled, my beard's looking scraggly and people mm-hmm. come up and want a selfie. And and this was one small town of Vietnam. I couldn't imagine being Kevin Hart where, you know, and he talks about that people following him into the bathroom where you, you can't turn it off. And that, that has really, um, opened my perspective and, you know, same, same to you as well. Wanting, uh, wanting that to build an audience and wanting, I think with music, having that chip on my shoulder and feeling like I, I'm making something of value, but really feeling that need of, of wanting other people to also like it where that now, validation. yes, exactly. That validation where I think now in my life, I'm starting to shift more towards, um, how, what really analyzing what fame in quotes and having an audience, what that leverage does for you, for your career, something that we've, we've touched on where think about how, how much of that would I need to be able to enable me to do what I want to do rather than just kind of blindly let me just try to be as big as I can because I want people to love me. Exactly. I'm like, I I can actually calculate now. And this is something I've been calibrating more, uh, how much, uh, how much, do I need to leverage what I want to do? And also, you're much better about this than I am, but how much time do I want to spend engaging with that audience? Um, this is something I did a vlog about this recently, kind of rethinking how big of an audience I want because I'm not great at and, and maybe this is why it's grown so slowly. I'm I'm very good at making the thing, at turning inward, isolating myself, making the art, focusing on the mastery of the craft. I'm not as good about being in the comments, responding to people, which is what Gary's thank you economy entire, his whole business is based off of is listening to your audience and engaging with your audience where I find out it's, it doesn't come naturally to me. Well, and it's something I'm essentially how you convert as well, right? Like exactly. to be honest, you're, you're exactly. not just trying to make friends through engagement, although you are, you know, you're, you're building your brand and you're connecting with people, but if you want to be selling your beats or if you want to be making money, you know, doing what you're good at, you need to be in, in the trenches and like talking to people and doing sales. So that, that's a lot for you to sort of put aside, right? What if you yeah. just make the music and you don't do the engagement and you don't convert the leads, then what are you going to live off of? Right. And I think that's where, and this is a constant struggle and maybe it's a conversation for another time, but, um, how, at what point could I make 
can I get more inbound traffic from something like a YouTube or building up these social media channels by releasing beats, by releasing content that people want, that it attracts customers just from the actual thing itself. But as Seth Godin, another one of my favorite gurus, talks about, you know, small is viable audience and just really digging deep, building those deep relationships with folks, um, which is definitely, you know, it's a struggle for me. It's, I, I, have a hard time spending time on those things. So working on that and also realizing that, like you said, that's really where the magic happens is building the relationship. So I think you know. the other thing too, though, is Kia is that you care a lot. So, you know, some people w- might not mind, you know, not responding, but I think you're putting yourself out there and you're asking questions of your audience. And if they're responding, you want to respond to them. You want to follow up. I'm the same, you know, like yeah. I hear a lot about, what I put out there, if I ask for something, I want to respond. I, I want to do the right thing. I think you're similar in that sense. And so having this audience does put that pressure on you, right? I, like, that's oh God, what it is. I've gone and asked all these people to follow me and I'm giving them <laughs> weekly updates about my life. And then I'm like, sorry guys, I ain't got no time. You yes, know? exactly. Guilt pressure and yes, pressure yes. that gets built that up. And I think that's super important to explore as well is, you know, you're, you're building this audience, you're putting yourself out there and then they're coming back to you and they're saying, Oh, I love what you're putting out there. And now I want to talk to you and now I want to connect. And you're just like, ah, bandwidth done. You know, <laughs> yes. like, ah, sorry, I need my eight hours sleep. I'm a really cranky girl. If I yes. don't, you know, yes. like if I don't take care of JGB, then yes. I can't be who I need to be for you. But we have to incorporate, I, I mean, maybe this is could versus should, should versus would, could, all of those questions, you know, <laughs> all what of should I do? I don't know. But I think that that's really important is knowing that if you're putting yourself out there, then you are genuinely asking for people to respond. Do you think yeah. that's the case? Yeah. I, this is actually something I was going to say, you know me, I'm the crankiest girl when I don't get my eight, <laughs> when I don't get my eight hours. I'm so saying so I, need, I need borderline nine. Um, but you, I think in particular, it's different where mine are, I might say, Hey, I'm doing this, isn't that people say, Hey, Kia, how can I teach English online? What are your recommendations for this place? Um, you know, tell me about working in Ableton, which are cool. And these are all things that I love, but I think this is actually something that we've touched on as well. That is really, um, much more intricate when it comes to your personal brand because you touch on such deep topics mm-hmm. where then it becomes, it's like people will reach out in times of like desperate need about yeah. real deep shit that your audience, those questions are hard to field because you're, you're dealing with people that are, you know, spilling their guts to you where mine, and I get, like you said, kind of you, you, you attract what you put out there. Mm-hmm. I, I, uh, sometimes it does feel I'm like just Google what are the recommendations for Chiang Mai. You know what I mean? Sometimes I'm like, ah, like you know what I mean? And so sometimes Listen, I'm like, ah. let me Google that for you. Right? I'm like, dude, you can just Google this stuff. But, you know, hopefully down the line I'll, I'll have some stuff that is more meaningful. But thinking about with you and your content, how knowing what you're signing up for, you know, that you're – your uh, audience are going to be people that feel so deeply connected to you because of your story that that I think once you reach, once you do reach also that tipping point at that level, when you can't get to everybody, how do you handle that in a way so that you don't feel guilty about it? You don't feel the pressure 
to have to respond to everybody when your time just doesn't allow it that it's a different, you know, it's a different ball game when you, when you start talking about real shit. Balancing act for sure. I think what was super interesting in for show Oh, show. Sorry, we've oh, had show. so much fun with the name of this place. Oh, I don't even know how to pronounce it. <laughs> I don't even know either. Um, <laughs> but what was so interesting there was, I think this is just my nature to, to want to respond. And, you know, the fact that everyone was looking me in the eyes and so kind and genuine, I found it so hard to look away, right? Like I, and so instead of looking away, I just looked at the ground so that I didn't make that initial eye contact, right? It was like, if I look at the ground, then I'm not going to make the eye contact. Then I won't feel bad for not having the time to talk to them. I found that so interesting because I'm headed into this space, you know, where it's like, I can't ignore these people. If these people are going to come to me and say, you know, I really want to talk to you about all this stuff that you've invited me to talk to you about. That's a lot, you know? So it was a really interesting experience and I'm sharing it through here now because I think it's worth thinking about, you know, whatever it is that you're putting out there, you really are asking people to respond. And when they do respond, will you have the bandwidth? You know, is that a part of your day to day? Is that something that you really want to engage in? Or, you know, are you going to go the route of what I'm hearing you want to do, Kia? And that's like, what is the ideal day to day for you? What matters the most? You know, where do you get your energy from? And for you, that's creating and that's sitting yeah. down and making the beats. And you know what? If all you do is make a couple bucks, you know, doing whatever you need to do to get by, maybe you're just happy with that. Maybe you don't <laughs> need the audience. You know, is that, is that where you're at with all this? So actually, and I want to ask you something too. So first of all, it is unfortunately, and this is what I said. I did a vlog recently where like my happiness is really killing my, my <laughs> dreams and productivity because I'm just so damn happy just making a thing that then like, I don't really, I'm like ready to just cook dinner and go to bed. And that's like, I feel so happy at the end of the day that that whole drive of success and fame is starting. I'm just starting to rethink the whole thing. But I wanted to ask you uh, on your own show, throwing a curveball, but I think is interesting because I, I was listening to a podcast the other day where it's a, it's this one uh, podcaster and vegan ultra marathon runner guy I love named Rich Roll. And he was talking about, um, he like sometimes he'll spend an entire day in his email answering all these questions, but then he doesn't get any work done. And I'm curious for you, how do, how do you imagine your balance between if you're having these one off or think about, you know, I know another person you would love, Rachel Hollis. If you're spending all this time on one on one conversations, yes, you're building these relationships, but are you actually doing a disservice to the other thousand at some point, hundreds of thousands, millions of people that need your content because you are diving so deep with this one person. How do you imagine you're able, how, how do you envision yourself balancing that? That's such a great question. I'm somebody who's so like structure oriented, as you know. So when I, you know, when I get this question from you, the first thing that comes to mind is like time management, baby. I'm just going <laughs> to manage my time in a way that I can service everyone. That's obviously impossible. You can't, you know, please everyone and you can't split yourself in, into five, ten people, you know. So I I do. (laughs) 
Um, I do think that that's a really important thing to consider is to not get too stuck, you know, and, and for me, the thing is there's an emotional element, right? So I think if I were to make that time, you know, oh, I'm going to spend two hours a day following up on emails and responding and, and maybe I'll call that time to inspire people, time to connect, you know, to have that engagement with them and make them feel like, oh, wow, I, I connected with somebody and I feel inspired. And, and that is a big part of what I want to do. But, you know, even if I were to do that for two hours a day, it's so draining and it takes up so much time and energy. I don't know that it's possible to, you know, do two hours here of that and two hours there of this. I do think that you kind of have to stick to the creation and yeah. stick to like, what it is that that makes you happy and that makes you thrive you know what i create the content that i create the vlogs that i put out there the the writing the topics that i delve into those things make me happy exploring those things makes me happy putting it out there instead of having it in my head i think that's what makes me unhappy is having yeah. all the things that i want to create and i don't have the outlet for it or i don't have the time for it so that is going to be the most important thing to me is finding a way to focus my energy on that and then like we've just discussed, by putting that out there, I'm going to be inviting people to respond. So I'm going to have to make time to respond as well. But it's just the answer is, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so funny because I'm balance in there. And for me, I feel like the, the time management is going to be, you know, I am definitely going to make time to follow up, but I can only do what I can do. And if it's going to be an hour a day or a couple hours a week, then that has to be what it is. And I have to feel okay about that, you know? Right. Yes. And I think I am so, so sure of your success because I just know how determined you are that I, in my mind, I forget that this level that we're at. Cause in my mind, you've already got, the, you know, a TV <laughs> show and a talk show that I'm like, why don't you just do it there? I'm like, Oh, I forget that. Like these are things we have to build it. still, but I really am. So I am so sure of how, of how, how successful this thing you'll be able to build is. And since we've talked about your vision a little, I can, I can just see it so clearly. And I do think that there is a lot of potential there with something even like, uh, you know, like Gary V's call in show or like, um, mm -hmm. beautiful anonymous or something where oh, you might be able to, I would take love to take over beautiful anonymous. Sorry, yeah, you can have your show and <laughs> your show, but you know, you've got a kid now, you're getting really busy. Yes. If you need someone to step in, like that is my dream. Beautiful anonymous would be, you can go deep, dream. but mm -hmm. then still build, you know, you're building that connection with one person, but then it's also able to make content that resonates with your mill. I see, I, you know what I mean? You can't DM a million people, but you could have this one meaningful conversation with this one. I like it. And then you can kind of scale that in a way because the rest of your audience gets something from it. So, uh, you know, you can pay me later for these content ideas. I was going to say, you, you that know what I'm saying? Really but great valuable suggestion is in the content that you create, find a way to be responding or to be engaging yeah. with your audience. Beautiful. I love it.
You're so smart. You should be doing this for a living. <laughs> I've got a great social media manager. <laughs> I'll, I'll introduce you to her. <laughs> yeah, I love it. All right, Kia, this is such a great chat. I really appreciate you putting yourself out there and telling us a little bit about your journey here. Is there anything else you'd like to tell the audience about? Is there anything you're working on you'd like for them to check out? I I follow your podcast. Kia is a podcaster himself, Creative Contact. I know you haven't hey. been doing that as much of late, but right. are you going to get get back on the train there? Yeah, so uh maybe. <laughs> we'll see. Um I just wanted to tell your audience that uh you if you don't know Jess in person or as well as I do, you're in for a treat. An absolute rock star. I made the social media manager joke. If you don't know, she pretty much is my social media manager. So everything, we have these talks often where she'll kind of give me advice, feedback, um, and just ideas and just a really awesome, uh, genuine soul. And I feel so blessed to be, uh, one of these episodes on this podcast, Jess, because I really do, uh, see this thing taking off. So this is actually more motivation for myself because I'm just waiting for you to get popping so people can <laughs> find me from this podcast. So, so, you know, thank you so much for having me on as, as always, it's an absolute pleasure. And people, if you're fucking with Jess now, you're, you're one of the day ones. So you're just waiting for this thing to take off. I, I can feel it coming. I love it. I appreciate you. You can't see blushing on podcasts, but I'm <laughs> truly it's blushing. The truth. It's the truth. <laughs> True. Thank you, Kia. And uh where are we gonna go check you out? All these people who are now listening to my podcast. All, all these people oh, that are now listening. Yeah, guys. <laughs> Yo, this is for later when it has millions of followers they go back to the first episodes. Uh it's at Kia. Hopefully, I'm I'm still around by then. Ryan, K I A like the car, Orion like the stars, the constellation. You throw that joint together. I'm Kia Ryan on everything. If you're looking for some uh, emotional hip hop R and B type joints, you know where to find me. So it's good uh, stuff. He's yeah, that's faces. me. Wait, wait for it, Drake. I'm coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this has been another episode of private lives in public spaces and if you'd like to be on the show or if you'd like to know more about the show check out the website i will link you in the comments or in the description below i have a website called making jgb which are my initials just jandiev brown making jgb check out my website at makingjgb.com i'm at makingjgb on social Thank you so much for tuning in and we'll talk with you next time on Private Lives in Public Spaces. I hope you found tons of value in this week's episode. If this has inspired you and you know somebody who could benefit from putting themselves out there in meaningful ways, please share the love and tell your friends about the show. Remember, you can sign up to be a guest. This is a safe space where you can talk about your story. If you have a story to tell and you need a place where you can provide context to tell and to connect and to share, please go to makingjgb.com. Check out the private lives and public spaces section. And on that page, you'll also find this episode's show notes. Check it out and make sure you don't miss any future episodes by subscribing to the podcast. Guys, that's it for me. I'm JGB. Until next time, remember, just because you can doesn't mean you should think about it.